the crazy part was they had to stop the game at one point because the guys that were holding the down and distance markers kept passing out. And then they would have to like kind of get somebody new and cart them out. And uh, every time they came out for a TV timeout or a water break or, you know, whatever we had, I was, uh, I would squirt water in my mouth and then I was squirting it in my shoes because my feet were burning. Hey, Power Athlete Nation, strap in. We got a great one for you today on all things hydration and sodium. We know hydration is a massive deal this time of year, especially with kids going into double days, professional football starting, and it's hot, hot, hot here in Texas. So hydration is at the forefront for us. Yes, and we welcome Rob Xline, Power Athlete Nutrition Coach. He just wrote a blog on PowerAthleteHQ.com all about nutrition, heat exhaustion, and applicable tools. So we expand on that in this episode and then bring in some of John's experience from the NFL playing in the hottest game in NFL history. We got a lot for you. Action-packed episode. It's like you're drinking from a fire hose. And if you really want to drink from that fire hose, I want you guys to go over our YouTube channel. I want you to check out this episode and you can see some of my funny reactions and uh, funny faces as we're talking about playing in the hottest game in NFL history. And a lot of poop talk. Yeah, well, hydration is important, especially for going number two. Anybody that has kids, especially young ones, has seen them get sick and they start to get dehydrated, know that all of a sudden number two becomes an issue and... You don't want your kids uh, to be grumpy. So yeah, we explore a lot of shit this episode. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Uh, uh, you know, keep an eye on sodium levels and realize that this is a part of everybody's deal because water is by far the most important nutrient that we consume on a daily basis. Ready, ready. Excited. Let's go. Hey, welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. I'm John Wellborn, ten-year NFL athlete, and founder of Power Athlete, and I'm joined by Mr. Chris McWilkin on Power Athlete Radio. Great to see you, Chris. Thank you very much for having me, and we are joined by Mr. Rob Xline, nutrition research nerd, most jacked coach over 50 years young, and a Power Athlete nutrition coach. Rob, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. You just released a blog on PowerAthleteHQ.com all about hydration Mm-hmm. And with football season officially underway, two a days, it's a hundred and fuck outside in Texas. We brought you on to deep dive the importance of hydration on performance. I was going to say 104. It's been consistently 104 every day for the last 40 days. Yeah, it has been it's repressive. Awful. It's terrible. Yeah, is a little it, bit more that, humid in H Town, but it, yeah, is it? I mean, it was super humid today, but it rained as soon as I walked out my door. The humidity hit me. Uh, but has it been humid down in Houston? Uh, oh my God. Yeah. You can almost taste it. It's so thick. I just spent a week in Ohio though. And it was uh, a real nice break. So I feel like anybody goes anywhere is nicer. My, uh, my wife and kids went to Florida to visit her mother and I stayed here. Thank God. Uh, you know, make sure the house is fine. And, uh, they were in Florida in like, uh, um, Fort Myers and Kate's like, it was legitimately 15 degrees cooler and not nearly as bad as what we're dealing with in Texas. So well, when Florida is nicer than Texas in the summer, that, you got to say something. Well, through high school football, which we have a hotline question connected to it, that's where men are made mm. in Texas high school football. Case in point. It's a joke. I'm terrible. Um, all right. So here's our question, Rob, and this is directed your way. Important connection to the blogs. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I have a 16-year-old son playing football in the South. It's hot. It's humid this summer. I'm worried about how the heat and humidity will affect him with two days and practices. 
They try to make it easier on the kids with early morning practices and then coming back later in the evening. I want to make sure he is prepared. What should we do as far as nutrition and recovery between his practices? It's a good question. Um, I'll, uh, first of all, we'll talk about the hydration piece of it. Just, uh, just because football is one of those sports that, uh, especially in a hot and humid environment and all the equipment, as I'm sure John can attest, uh, you know, that's going to help hold the heat in. And that's where, uh, you know, problems start to happen, right? So, uh, and uh, then also the, the hot and humid environment, um, as you sweat, sweat is supposed to evaporate and the, the sweat evaporating is what really cools the body temperature down. But in hot and humid environments, and I can attest to that, you know, coaching in Houston, uh, you're just, you just have a thin layer of sweat on you for ever. Uh, just because of the humidity and that also holds in the heat. So from a perspective of being hydrated and, and since he is a teenager and teenagers tend to be dehydrated anyways, just because they're in growth phase and, and kids in, in general are typically um, chronically dehydrated, then we should address that first. So they definitely want to make sure ideally you would, four hours before you'd start to hydrate. But if it's an early morning practice, you're going to have to hydrate in the evening. Um, and then also just before, but you start there. I think one of the other things that should happen is uh, really need to assess and to assess, you want to weigh yourself uh, and, and also monitor the color of the urine. So you want to make sure that your urine is, is like a pale yellow. If it's too clear, you have too much water, if it's darker and brown, you're you're pretty much dehydrated. So if you can kind of monitor those two things, then you're going to be on your road to be able to make sure that you're hydrated. As long as it's pale yellow, you're you're good to go. Um, and then post practice, you well, want to make let's, sure. Let's stick play. with yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we can break this into. No, I was going to say if your pee looks like Guinness, and I know because this yeah. has happened to me many many times, where after a game or after practice, you come in and. You go to use the restroom and you're like, ooh, that's not a good color. Uh, that's a, a big problem. And you know you got to you know, start you know, pounding the fluids. Well, a big splash on the internet about five years ago was the University of Texas Longhorns hydration chart where they were aiming for championship hydration levels. And above all the urinals at Texas's training facilities, they had these charts. So you had championship hydration levels, selfish teammate. We're getting into a darker shade of yellow and then blatant disregard for your teammates. You are headed to area 51 and then the essentially the Guinness, the dark brown. You are a bad guy. I disagree with that on so many levels. Well, this coach is no longer yeah, no, I at mean, the program. Uh, the, the interesting thing too, when you start, uh, I didn't really learn about you know, like the color urine in relation to rhabdomyolysis until I, you know, got into that whole deal with CrossFit and it became a, an issue. And I remember one of the telltales for rhabdo was, uh, you know, your piss looks like, you know, uh, root beer was kind of one of the, uh, you know, ways they described it. And as they were explaining it to it, I was like, Ooh, I bet you I've given myself rhabdo on numerous occasions. The problem is it's probably dose related. Like, you know, the first time you do a tequila shot versus, you know, years later of drinking tequila, you know, or a glass shot. Yeah. Same deal. But I really think that idea of hydration, the one thing that, um, and I'd like Rob, if he can jump on this, is the idea of sodium. 
Um, when I came into the NFL, they used to give us salt gum, like these little like uh, round, like the, like look like basically like gumballs that were salty and you would drink them in salt and chew them. And then all of a sudden they got rid of that and they were just trying to give us nothing but these uh, Gatorade electrolyte packs. And I'm really happy, especially with Element and what they're doing in terms of hydration and salt, really pushing salt back to the forefront. I always thought that uh, Mother Nature's figured this stuff out much better than we could in terms of trying to enhance it with all the Gatorade. But just water mixed with a little bit of salt, I thought was a much better deal. And I never really liked the taste of Gatorade anyway. So um, I sometimes think that, you know, pounding the Gatorade and especially the sugar that they were giving us ended up working before practice. Yeah. Well, j- just at all times, like I, I would have done better with just water, which is what I always drank and the salt gum than pounding all the Gatorade. Cause there was an idea for every pound you lose, you have to drink one of these Gatorades and it was just so much sugar. I just felt so bloated out. If I drank it, it just didn't seem to work. So the issue came down to, um, you know, in practice, you want to drink enough water to kind of cool your mouth, cool your body off a little, but you can't drink so much that you become, you know, uh, get a slosh in your gut. And then that completely kills you. So you almost have to like under drink a little bit so you can still go out and perform, but not drink so much that you get gut slosh. Yeah. Speaking of drinking too much in, I was a health sciences major, basically everything that we were taught course went 110% with it, including hydration. So there was one game over hydra. I was so hydrated that I was throwing up all the water. So this is before we even left for the road game. Uh, just on the college house balcony, just puking my guts out in mid afternoon daylight and then go to the, my athletic trainer. And he's just like, you're an idiot. And what he did, we didn't have salt tablets, gums. It was leaning on fruit with hydration. So like apples, oranges, cause it just focusing on like, you can't drink any more water, but in order to keep you ready for game time in the afternoon, like later in the afternoon, fruit well the the other one too that I disagreed with is the idea of um you know and you, you'll hear atcs and trainers and people be like you know if you if your mouth is dry you're already dehydrated oh yeah i Which, wrote that in the show notes because it's 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 too late it's stupid if you're thirsty yeah, it's, it's too, too late. late it's stupid like uh i always felt that if you're thirsty you drink if you're not thirsty don't drink so if i wasn't thirsty all i would do is just basically take the water uh you know deal and i would just hose out my mouth you know, spit and make sure that like, you know, my saliva wasn't gummed up. And then I just went on with it. And um, just because I felt and I saw this all too often, they would push hydration on people so hard that they got gut slosh and then dudes couldn't play. So I almost was a little bit better, just like, just like eating before a game. Uh, I would under eat a little bit because I wanted to be hungrier or a little thirsty more so than like satiated and full and like well hydrated. I just never felt that that was a good position for me to be in. And yeah. Rob, you brought up urine color and then weight. Mm-hmm. So these are two very important things that we can give to the, the parent to start making a habit out of their kid, like for mm-hmm. measuring the hydration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a couple of things. And I, I want to actually circle back to a couple of things John was saying there, um, you know, especially with regard to like the Gatorade. You know, the issues with the Gatorade, and that was probably just a sponsorship deal, right? Like they were sponsoring things. And so they were pushing that on to you. Um, but you know, really what, what you found and what, you know, probably other players found and other teammates found was that, that whole issue of the bloatingness and, you know, gastric discomfort that, that comes with those things. Now, one advantage of those things is that they actually have taste and it does allow people to, you know, drink. Cause some people just don't really like to drink water. 
Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to kind of touch on with that was the individualization of it. And I think what, like what you found, and I think that's one of the mistakes that, that coaches and, and potentially parents make and players make is that it's not, it's, it's a general prescription here, go drink all this water or go drink all this other or Gatorade or whatever they, they want to kind of push on you versus, you know, what does the individual need? Because it, it does come down to uh, individual sweat rates with with uh, what John was referring to in the sodium. You know, some of us uh, really dump salt. Uh, you know, like when I coach here in Houston, hot, humid environment, if I have one of the black shirts on, when that thing dries, there's just salt rings, right? Just so, you know, I'm somebody that I need water and electrolytes like sodium for the most part um other people may not um so the individualization of it is is super huge and then going back to your question tex about the the wane and the urine color uh a couple things that you know there's the dehydration uh, as it gets into problem areas of heat injury and uh low salt hyponatremia those two things are interesting because the the signs and symptoms are are very similar. But one thing that you want to one thing that should happen is actually after practices and games and things like that, you should actually weigh less, right? Versus weighing more. If you're if you're weighing less, then you you've you've lost fluids. Um, if you're weighing more you've lost salts. Mm. And so, right. So you, cause what's happening is the, the water's coming in, but it's not actually being used and shuttled around. And so now all of a sudden you're, you're weighing more, right. And that's where you get into that, that hypo, uh, hypernitremia, which is, you know, too little salt. Right. And so, and both of those things carry risks and, and issues and they're misdiagnosed all the time, right? Someone comes in because the because the symptoms are very similar, um, and if they don't weigh them and or don't, and then if there's no baseline, if I didn't weigh myself, then I don't really know if, if am I am I heavier or am I lighter? Because if you're heavier and you just keep pumping fluids down, now you're going to get into some serious issues. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. Yeah. I didn't know the if we weigh more because we we've observed some yeah. D one football programs and then weighing is a big part of theirs. I didn't know exactly. I just assumed if my weight went down, I'm dehydrated. I didn't know if if it well, goes you thought up. if it went up, you were hey, I've, I've hydrated myself. Well, <clears throat> now what, what's interesting is, is uh, there is a direct uh, component of salt and water for absorption. If you don't, like you said, if your salt is low, your body can't absorb it. And then you, that's where you get the gut slosh. So, I mean, that was a big contention I had where I was like, dude, uh, you know, you guys are pushing these fluids. And uh, for me personally, um, I always thought the Gatorade made my legs feel heavy. And I know it's uh, probably, there's very, you know, no scientific data to support it, but I just know um, you know, anytime anybody ever saw me on the sideline where they went to hand me a Gatorade cup, it was full of water. And I, you know, if they gave me a Gatorade, I just kind of pushed it by. I just never liked it. And I, I think it was because it made my legs feel heavy. Now, if we were going to go out, I wouldn't mind mixing Gatorade with some like a vodka or something. I thought it was a pretty good mixer, but in terms of like hydration, what are you on the back of a division three lacrosse team bus? <laughs> classic well in college what we would do is we would take the big gatorade containers and then we would steal the powdered gatorade and we would make jungle juice 
where we would just buy all the cheap booze we could mix with Gatorade, some water and slosh it and then make those. And uh, that was actually a good use for it. I just, <laughs> I just didn't like it for hydration. Uh, John, you had experience with the Eagles playing in the hottest game in recorded NFL history. Yes. And y'all had a different approach on the Eagles sideline than the Cowboys. Take us through that. Yeah, September 1, we played the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas at noon in old Dallas Stadium. So that was when they had the, it was a dome, but they cut the roof out. Cut the roof out so that God could look down yes. on America's team. Uh, September 1 at noon, we had that game. And when we showed up, uh, the uh, NFL health team came in and told us, they were like, uh, we just took temp- uh, temperament or uh, sorry temperature. The ambient air temperature outside is like 110, but the sun's directly overhead and the turf is at 163. Jesus. So uh, they were like trying to decide, like, do we call the game? Do we not? Like, what do we do? And uh, they were like, no, you guys are going to play. Here's the caveat. If you get hurt, don't lay on the turf because it'll raise your core temperature and we're going to have problems. So we we go out there and uh, it's legitimately (laughs) like 160 plus degrees on the turf. And our trainers knew that we were going to have issues. So they actually sent a bunch of manager kids out to the local grocery store and bought uh, pickles. Uh, And we're actually uh, on the sideline pouring pickle juice in our cups because they didn't have salt gum. And so it it ended up becoming called the pickle juice game because we were drinking pickle juice on the sideline. But the crazy part was they had to stop the game at one point because the guys that were holding the down and distance markers kept passing out. And then they would have to like kind of get somebody new and cart them out. And uh, every time they came out for a TV timeout or a water break or, you know, whatever we had, I was uh, I would squirt water in my mouth and then I was squirting it in my shoes because my feet were burning and I was trying to cool my feet down. And then I got to the point where my shoes were so wet that they were kind of like sloshing, but uh, it didn't matter because they dried in seconds. And um, but then the one saving grace we had was uh, when the sun shifted. So obviously, you know, the sun was going to the west. It actually put us in the shade in the third and the fourth quarter. And was shining on them. What so, idiots! Yeah. So they had umbrellas over them. It, it was it was awful. Like, and it was one of those things where it was so fucking hot. Uh, like, you just kind of mentally turned off and just thought, like, I just got to survive through this and get through. And we ended up winning the game, thank God. But I remember walking off the field and like taking off my clothes, and like everything was like, I mean, every ounce of my pads, everything. Like, I mean, I I, I had to cut my gloves off, the socks I had to cut off. Everything was like just disgustingly sopping wet. And um, it, was a, it, it was a nice sense of accomplishment to one, win that game and uh, say that you got a chance to play in that game. Yeah, and didn't the Cowboys have several issues related to cramping and hydration? Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, the other weird thing too is that old stadium had, an, had one hell of a crown in it. So because the, the- On the field. On the field. So they would get, you know, obviously they get kind of weird torrential rain here in Dallas or in Texas and in Dallas especially. So they put a huge crown on it so that the field would drain. So uh, at one point we were on, I think we were going down uh, into our end zone and we were on the left hash and we had to run like a, like we ran like a sweep to the right. And I remember I legitimately felt like I was running uphill and I was like trying to get my legs to move and they were burning and my feet were like sloshing. And I had this like weird feeling that I was doing a hill sprint. And then I got to the top of the hill and then I, I got momentum running down it. Huh. And uh, I don't know if it was the heat or if I was just mentally exhausted or dehydrated or, or really dehydrated. <laughs> but like, I remember feeling like, 
I just ran uphill and I ran downhill. This is the worst fucking field ever played on. And the worst part is it was the, you know, the shitty older turf. So it was extremely hard. Um, I played against Leon Lett that day and pitched a shutout, which was good. Um, as you guys know, Leon Lett, they call the big cat. I mean, uh, one of the best defense alignment ever played in the NFL, but ended up being kind of marked with infamy where he had, he was running in with a touchdown on a, on a fumble. Oh yeah. And, um, that's him. Yeah. Don Beebe knocked it out of his hand. I think, I think it was Don Beebe. Yeah. Knocked it out of his hand. <clears throat> and so, but what people forget, I mean, obviously bonehead play, that dude was an absolute monster. Uh, he was a, a very, very big, strong, fast, athletic dude. And, uh, that was my first NFL start at guard against him, uh, that we came out and played that game. And so that was a, a fun day. Fucking pickle juice. Yeah, the pitch pit, and pickle shut, juice. Pitch pitch and shutouts. Shutout. Yep. Um, well, heat exhaustion, I'm sure you observed it in the decrease in performance. And Rob, in the article, you explain more on heat exhaustion. So, like, what if I'm an athlete, I'm going through the shit, my coaches are telling me water is weakness, what can I feel and look for that would be sign and symptoms of heat exhaustion? Yeah, sure. Uh, a couple things. Um, clumsiness, confusion, dizziness, uh, flush skin, clamminess, cramps. That's an early, early sign. Uh, nausea, vomiting, rapid breathing, uh, rapid heart rate, that kind of stuff. Stopping sweating is a huge one for like really getting close to dangerous things. But um, as John was saying there, you know, that whole running uphill and not sure if it was the heat or whatever, you know, one of the, one of the things with, with dehydration is that things will feel harder, right? So your rate of perceived exertion is going to feel harder. So things are going to feel difficult if you're, if you're uh, low in water and what they have dis discovered is that even a 1% drop in body weight can, and can decrease performance. Uh, and, and that, shows up in a lot of ways. Uh, if someone is dehydrated, decision-making is going to be compromised. Uh, even skills are going to start to comp uh, compromise. And then, uh, you know, soft tissue or even non-contact types of issues can start to happen because while it's not, it's not, hydration is not necessarily, I mean, muscle is, has lots of water in it. Uh, so if you do start to get dehydrated, that's where some of that co comes from. But uh, they find that even in cutting sports, that being dehydrated can lead to uh, non-contact type injuries, especially in like an eccentric type of contraction, stopping and mm -hmm. cutting. Those types of things can can start to happen. So, you know, I think you're, you're making excuses for the Houston, Texas performance and all the <laughs> summer in August camps that they have. Because we've had a couple Texans on the pod and they all say the worst preseason experience of their careers. Uh, dude, I mean, the guys in New Orleans, uh, they would go down to Thibodeau State. I mean, the players, like, it's pretty universal, um, you know, but Houston's not a good place. Uh, Rob, is there uh, a direct correlation between hypertrophy and hydration and salt and all that? Have you dug in any of that stuff? No, I haven't really dug into that uh, too much. I don't, I haven't dug into that, so I can't really comment on that. I, I think at the at the end of the day, though, um, where dehydration comes into play with muscle action is fatigue, right? So over time, if you're dehydrated, you'll, you'll have fatigue, and so potentially not being able to contract as as strong and as powerful. 
which is why you see some of those uh, some of those injuries. But well, from, I mean, it, like uh, the kind of the I mean, almost like the cliche bodybuilder walking around with like the you know gallon of water. I mean, the um, the rich Piana five uh, percenters they used to sell water jugs. It said five percent on, which was hilarious. Uh, you could just uh, write yeah. it on there yourself. Their their whole deal was that like only five percent of the population is willing to do whatever it takes to be um, to drink a gallon of water. Yeah, or or whatever their lifestyle was, um, which was you know I mean steroids and cocaine and other crazy shit, uh, which I think five percent <laughs> then seems high. Yeah, that feels real high that there's you know people that are willing to do it, but uh, I might be butchering what the five percenter is. <laughs> probably, um, I probably am. It's just. Well, it, steroids and cocaine. Yeah, so, well, I, that's what Rich Piana ended up passing away from. Was I think uh, was steroids and cocaine. Yeah, well, he took a, a ton of steroids, and I think he ended up dying, uh, heart stopped due to, you know, blowing lines, dehydration. Yeah, oh. live fast, die young, maybe a good-looking corpse. Uh, but there, you know, the the classic bodybuilder, you see them walking around with a huge gallon of water, and this idea of like constant hydration. I don't know if it's a, uh, you know, they're you know doing hydration to try to you know flush the liver and the kidneys. Maybe it's for you know, for whatever reason, but, um, you know, enough of, and maybe it could be just fucking bro science where like, you know, one big bro was real thirsty and walked around with a big jug and then all the uh, smaller bros and broettes figured, fuck it. If that big guy's got water, I'm going to do it too. But I wonder if there is some correlation. I know sodium obviously makes you, you know, the thought that, you know, uh, too much sodium makes you retain water, which I think we've kind of debunked a little bit with the idea that, you know, Stan Efforting we had on the podcast talked extensively about, you know, sodium for health and heart. And there's also definitely a correlation between heart disease, heart attacks, and the recommendations by the American Heart Association for low sodium diets, which if you get into that book, The Salt Fix. Yeah. Can, can we uh, spend some time there? Because that's probably a common thing that people have now accepted as truth because it's pushed on them. So what's with sodium, water retention, bloat, all that, that, you know, normies buy into? Well, well, I think, you know, the reality is, is sodium is, is pretty tightly controlled, right? You'll, if you have a lot of, if you've ever had salty meats, right. And all of a sudden you, your, uh, you feel like your mouth has been like shoved with cotton balls and there's dry, right. That's, that's an indication that you have too little, uh, or too much salt in your in your bloodstream so your body's like okay give me some water so i can dilute it a little bit but the the reality is is we excrete a lot of sodium in urine and feces and sweat that you know that's that's not that's not as a big of a deal and that and that's potentially i haven't read the salt fix uh but it, it's potentially they talked a little bit about that but i think that you know the reality with like hypertension and things like that is it's people eating uh, processed foods that have like ridiculously high amounts of sodium in, in it. Right. Like, so because of, um, shelf life, well, there yeah, is shelf a, life and things like that. Well, I mean, there is some research poll that talks about, uh, serum sodium levels help identify adults with a greater chance of experiencing, uh, heart disease. So, I mean, hydration and people that tend to stay more hydrated with better sodium levels tend to experience less heart disease. So there is a correlation between that. Um, I, man, they, the, the salt thing's pretty interesting in that, especially with the hydration, um, you know, maybe the, the correlation isn't necessarily that there's a, you know, a one-to-one correlation with like, you know, if the muscle's more hydrated, you have a better chance to put on more muscle. Maybe it just comes down to the fact that when you're more hydrated and you drink more water, you can push harder 
and you have greater capacity to effectively be able to push through and create greater mechanical tension. Um, also, I believe there is some form of correlation with stronger contractions and hydration and salt as well. Well, I, I think I would agree with that. Um, and I, and sodium, I believe, and you know, sodium and calcium are are pretty involved in muscle contractions. Um, and that's why you see people that uh, have an electrolyte imbalance and they get the cramping, mm-hmm. right? Like, like for, for myself, you know, I discovered this, uh, several years ago, you know, coaching seven classes a day and in, in a hot and humid environment, if I, and I would drink water all day because I was thirsty and it, you know, it never really quenched my thirst. And what would happen in the middle of the night, I'd have one of those ridiculous hamstring cramps that get you out of bed and, you know, make you walk around and do kind of the Chris Farley, Ooh, ow, kind of thing. Right. And Charlie horse. Like, yeah. Yeah. The Charlie horse that, um, and so I, you know, once I started just doing electrolytes like element, I never have that issue. Right. So, and that's, and that's just basically the muscle getting stuck in the on position and you're, and it's contracting and can't, it can't stop. It's almost like a, the, heart quivering in a heart attack kind of thing, you know, similar type of thing, right? It's just in a contraction that it can't get out of because it should get out of it at some point. Now, now late in games, so coaching high school athletes, later in games, it's Texas heat. Like then we start to see cramps come up. So now in pra- in games, in practice to prevent this, should we lean on the pickle juice uh, and the push? I think, do, well, do oranges I mean, come into play? Like, I think the pickle juice, which has got a high sodium content, or you know, finding some form of salt supplement. I think today, I mean, if I could redo it, I would have something like Element. I mean, we drank pickle juice, <clears throat> but having something in the water that's a, a pure more salt and has some form of magnesium in it. Uh, but the other pa- issue, too, yeah, and parents are going to default towards Gatorade. Ah, it, it's crappy. Um, I, I mean, unless uh, I can't necessarily comment on like they have like zero carb gatorade well, actually i don't mind or pedialyte's another one but um for me this is another one and i didn't realize this until i had kids um going number two especially for your kids and when they get sick let's say and they become dehydrated all of a sudden they can't go number two and if they do it's like a shit in a pine cone so keeping your baby hydrated so that number two because uh one of the things in anybody who's listening to this that has kids if your kid gets constipated uh it's a bad day like you're not sleeping, like it's going to be awful. And like, you feel terrible for these little, they, they can't figure out why they can't go. And, uh, my kids got dehydrated. Uh, they, you know, throwing up, they couldn't go number two and this. And like, so we started pounding the fluids and that's why you want to want to constantly keep your kid pretty well hydrated, you know, the sippy cups and the water, because it ends up making number two work well. And, uh, I didn't, and it, it happened to me on certain occasions where, you know, you get super dehydrated, you're in training camp. And the way the one telltale sign that I didn't drink enough water and I didn't do enough for hydration was you go to number two and end up having uh, an extremely painful experience. Um, and the joke is like, dude, I'm so dehydrated, I'm shitting a pine cone. And uh, I've been in that situation and that's a terrible one. So the idea of like staying hydrated and making sure one, it, it's, you know, allowing your body to have their body functions work well, because dude, there's nothing worse and I'm just telling you guys from personal experience, there's nothing worse than struggling to go number two and then having to go out and play for three hours in pads without feeling like I, you know, uh, everything's working well and feeling a little nervous on that. That was a bad one. You had a teammate, older teammate, and would 
dying sort of like a laxative during like essentially our camp leading up to because he couldn't go during camp and he's like you're gonna he didn't say you're gonna dehydrate you're gonna need this because you're not gonna be working properly and leaned on laxatives well that's because deregular but he was just fucking dehydrated yeah yes exactly sure he was you know yeah drinking natty lights well yeah at night but uh but the idea i mean like uh you know if you're drinking alcohol that actually dehydrates you even more it's light beer Mm -hmm. yeah well but that like like there's some really interesting ones that uh you know like that where you know people talk about hydration and this and performance but like to make sure that your body is functioning right um there's nothing worse to be in camp for four or five weeks and like feel like man uh, i blew out an o-ring or something bad's happening so like that type of fighting for fight uh, hydration and making sure that you're you know like uh, sleeping in a cool room that was another big deal like we slept in dorm rooms so bringing our own personal air conditioning unit so it was nice and cool yeah because there's nothing worse than sweating the whole night than having to get up and and go bang it out and yeah i did want to touch on sleep just observationally when i am dehydrated my sleep is shit so like how is there science between the connection of sleep and hydration or is that just personal experience well ask anybody that's ever had uh gone out for a big night of drinking have you ever had the most restful night of your sleep after drinking a bunch no and if you guys can see robbie shaking his head because he knows i mean you know yeah i i think um i think it's really kind of what what john was saying there is that the you know water is really essentially the most important nutrient that we take in uh just because you know, 60% and even up to for it, actually 60% on average, but it could be 40 to 80% of, of our body is, is water. And, you know, if you think about it, we could go days, weeks, maybe even months with little food, but we can only go a couple days without water. Right. And then we're dead. So that, you know, it is important to keep all your functions functioning correctly because it's used for so many things. So I think it's, it's more about it's like driving your car without oil, right? If you don't have enough water in you, you're you're driving your car without oil, and that's a terrible thing. Or right? without enough in your radiator. Yeah, you don't want to blow a radiator, and all of a sudden, what happens to your engine if you can't cool it? I mean, it's the same deal. You know, you blow you blow a spring in your radiator and end up you know overheating your engine and cracking your block, and you run into a lot of issues. Uh, w- Rob, what um have you looked at any of the stuff with um so uh uh here in texas uh like the the tap water is pretty interesting in that uh they end up putting a lot I, I, like they end up putting some interesting stuff in it uh so we end up having a water filter and it filters out stuff and puts stuff in so we end up with a water filtration um the other big one too that i'm cons- i'm in the process of uh reading was it shauna swan's book um countdown that talks about uh you know leaching plastic in our water sources you know, the idea that, you know, bottled water has been bottled in plastic for like two years before it gets to us. By the time it gets bottled and gets to where we are, so it's been sitting and soaking in this idea of plastic and now we're consuming it. Um, you know, that's another interesting piece where not only are we fighting for hydration, but now we have to almost take a step back and be like, okay, where's the water you're getting from? Uh, are you, you know, are you drinking out of plastic? Are you drinking it? Is it coming from tap water? Like now we're in a situation where like, you know, uh, you know, are you drinking water is important? Are you drinking salt? But more importantly, where's the water coming from? And am I getting it from a good source? Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, I guess anecdotally, I've looked at that, um, you know, just knowing, you know, I, I personally, like my water bottle is a, a metal, 
like steel kind of thing. And I, and I like that. I used to have one that had a glass in, insert, which I think is actually probably the best thing. Um, and we have like here at the gym, we have a, a water filtrator uh, with ice and all that. So, so I feel pretty comfortable about mine, but um, I, I would agree that, you know, we, we need clean water and I'm sure that a lot of municipalities put lots of things in the water that we're, we're not sure of. And, and I, I, I really try to stay away from bottled water uh, as much as possible, uh, you know, unless it's just a, a situation where I can't have my, my other water bottle close. So, but from an anecdotal thing, that's really what I've dug into, not, not necessarily into the research about that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super, um, after reading this book, uh, I'm, dude, uh, I'll never, I mean, drink out of plastic again. I mean, to the yeah. point where like, you know, we have a water filter. I would like to get a water filter down here at the, at the barn, but also one in the shop. Great. We will. I, I do. I believe me, I've been looking for them. Um, and being, you know, the idea we, we have it tapped in too. I just got to hook it up. Um, but the idea, like just the, the waste associated with the plastic bottles drives me absolutely crazy. Like seeing them all over. So we got to figure a solution for that. All right. We got some cool takeaways. I, I did learn a lot, uh, was operating on a lot of just assumptions here. So Rob hit us with the big three takeaways that our listeners need to apply to either their own training recovery or help lead their kids in the right direction rather than just Gatorade. Sure. Uh, the, the big things is, you know, know the signs and symptoms of, of you know, heat stroke and heat exhaustion and, and also uh, hypernitremia you know, or hyponatremia too, too little salt. Um, I think also just uh, making sure you're assessing uh, way and monitor your urine uh, before and after practices and then also uh, making sure that you're rehydrating afterwards. So whatever you lose in body weight, you should re replace, right? And really, it starts with about uh, a liter and a quarter to uh, almost two liters of water to replace those fluids. And as it's appropriate, based on your, your individual sweat rates, electrolytes, uh, if you're super salty, then you're going to need, uh, you're definitely going to need to have salts and electrolytes. And of course, elements is a, is a great tool for that. So those Sweet. are the three takeaways. And if you want to expand on this, have excellent reference points. Rob's got a blog on powerathletehq.com. We also offer a lot of awesome nutrition tools if you want more than hydration. So head to powerathletehq.com and check out our nutrition page for protocols, leaning, bulking, performance associated with those three big goals. And if need be, you have the opportunity to work with Rob and Sam, our nutrition coaches, to help get them uh, tooled up and empower your performance. So, thank you, Rob. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming on another episode of Power Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!